welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Creative Innovation Podcast. How are you doing? I hope you're well. Hope you're all good. Hope you're having productive weeks, getting everything sorted. I'm trying to get organised. Therefore, the weather this week is PNG aftermath. <laughs> oh, so quick just to screenshot images and send them to clients and I end up with an absolute bombsite of a computer because I'm classically not very organised when it comes to keeping things in folders and doing all that. I'm sure you guys can all relate to it, or maybe not. I've got friends in the studio who are absolute organisation freaks and they love it, and they can't imagine anything worse, I don't think, than what is going on on my computer. Oh my god, honestly, years worth of files I have to search for by name. I have no idea where they are, going through emails to try and get clues. It's not cool. It's not good for the feng shui. It's probably not the same thing, is it? I think I'm thinking of my zen, my chi. <laughs> All of that stuff. Anyway, I hope you guys are good. Did you enjoy the recent shows? Kim Valsden, Jay Taylor. I hope you're into it. Uh, I'm trying to broaden the remit. I'm trying to think all the time of cool new angles, so do get in touch if you've got one of those. Give us a shout. I do get some stuff where people get in touch, and I think, wow, that's really quite beyond what I would think to do. But oftentimes, they'll tell me the backstory, the reasons, what they're doing, and there'll be an angle in there. So you never know. Don't don't hold back. Doesn't matter if you like I said. Doesn't matter if you just graduated. Doesn't matter where you're at. Where you know. I don't know. I don't care. Seventy years in the game. Uh, seven months in the game. It doesn't matter if there's a good story. If there's something interesting, I will feature it. So give us a shout. Uh, today we've got the wonderful Kate Forrester coming up on the show. Hand lettering and illustration specialist. There's a lot of book covers. We're going to get into all that good stuff shortly. But first, a little thank you to my sponsors, illustrationweb.com. Founding sponsor, first through the door, supported the show since its launch. Big part of the reason it launched in the first place, and my agency. So go and check them out. Representing a whole lot of talented illustrators, lettering specialists, mural artists, um, fashion illustrators. Uh, it's all going on. It's really broad, digital portraits, all sorts of specialists, all sorts of people with a lot of variation in their work. So go and take a look at illustrationweb.com. And thank you very much to those guys for the support. HeartInternet.co.uk, wonderful tech sponsor, providing me with a little digital tip every episode. Uh, awesome people, they provide uh, domain names, hosting, SEO tips, social media tips, all the stuff that we probably would like to avoid and just get on with our work, but the stuff that we absolutely have to do. And these guys are really great at getting that across, articulating it in a much more friendly, uh, understandable manner. They're, they're really great and they've been loyal supporters of the show, so go and check them out and use them, heartinternet.co.uk. And the tip this week, I'm going to talk about networking events and meetups because Kate Forrester and I met at the Yotillo Illustrators meet up in London and I was living down there and um, it's organised by Rob Barrett and Willa Gebby, uh, two friends of mine who who put on a fantastic meet up in the pub every month where loads of illustrators, designers and artists come together, get pissed, swap cards, talk and it's really, really cool. I made many friends through that. Um, and then every quarter they put on a fantastic talk and I've managed to capture a number of podca- podcast guests through the people speaking at the events. Um including and not limited to Rebecca Hendon, Stan Chow, and today's guest, Kate Forrester. So I just want to talk about 
it's a digital tip, but I want to talk about the importance of the physical and going out to these things and maybe not going on to watch that box set or go on Netflix and, you know, get your ass out, go go to the nearest city, go to the nearest event, go make sure, make yourself do it, even if you're feeling knackered, because it's well worth it. And it's never wasted. I don't think I've ever been to one of these events and not felt like I've come out of it with something really valuable. Uh, it's just good to go and get FaceTime, especially in such a digitally dominated era. Um, and what you find is, you know, when you've had that first time, when you've met that person at those events, you've got a contact that means something then. Uh, you know, you've got them on your Twitter, you've got them on your Instagram, because isn't that the thing these days? I find more and more that people are not carrying business cards and they're just swapping Instagram handles, which is kind of cool in its own way. Um, but it just means a lot more if you've met that person. So go and have a pint, go and, ch- go and talk to them, stay out for that extra drink. Really important to keep that side of it alive. Otherwise, I think there's a real tendency to fall backwards. And, uh, you know, I think you'll lose something by existing only in a digital world and, and staying indoors. So get out and do it. And that's a tip courtesy of hatsinternet.co.uk. So thanks to those guys. Quick thank you to the ongoing Association of Illustrators support. Awesome organisation, brand new website out there, looking fantastic, doing great work. Loads of events in London, outside of London, so taking off from the heart internet tip, get to them. Go and see what they're up to, they're brilliant people, and cheers for the support. So what have you been up to, what have you been going to? There's been a few cool events up here in Manchester going on recently, as I mentioned. Um, Loads of good stuff coming up, Uh, awesome Yoelo talks coming up at the end of the month, political cartoon event um trying to get down for it myself but see if you can get there it's probably sold out now they sell out pretty fast but uh former guest rebecca hendon is going to be talking there and you don't want to miss it because she's brilliant so go back and listen to that episode too get feedback on any previous shows what did you think of kim vowsden what did you think of jay taylor what do you think about the announcement of olivia kugler coming up on the 100th episode two-parter uh, so part one's going to be on December the 19th and part two is going to be on January the 2nd because it's massive and I don't want to drop two hours on you in one episode. Olivier's got so many stories. That's why it's so long because he's had such a storied, amazing career and it's so inspiring and uh, so eye-opening and very, very funny in parts. So get your ears on for that. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Uh, many, many cool guests coming up before that, of course. It's all going on. What are you doing for Christmas? Are you knocking off early? Are you you having a busy December or are you not in the conversation? I always find uh, around this time of year it can go one way or the other. You're either just not in the running and people have got everything booked up and they're on the wind down for Christmas or you're a big part of it and you've got a frenetic December lined up. What's going on for you? Let us know on the Twitter at Arrest All The Mix. Give us a shout on Instagram on the same handle. Uh, So Kate Forrester. Like I mentioned, I was invited to do a talk at Yoelo's events uh, in London, uh, us two in Shoreditch, and Kate Forrester and I shared the floor and we talked about our specialist hand lettering portfolios and the journeys behind them. We had quite different stories uh, and Kate's going to share hers with me today. We met up before the talk, we went for a coffee and we, we conducted this conversation outside a coffee shop in Shoreditch. So do forgive the, the background noise, it's not too intrusive but there is the odd engine going by and the odd conversation. But uh, as we know with this show, it's all very punk and rough around the edges and it's, like to, it's the way I like to keep it, it's the only way I can do it. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I hope you're going to love Kate's story as much as I did. She's a, a lovely lass, she's very talented, she does a broad range of things. She's done a crazy number of book jackets. Uh, she does mural and large scale work. She does illustration stuff too. Really quite broad and a great story, another unconventional path also. So we're going to get into all that and I hope you enjoy it and do let us know what you think on the social channels. 
please do go drop us a little review if you get a moment on the iTunes. It helps it helps a lot. So thanks to those that have already done it. Please do go and do it if you haven't yet had the chance. Uh, so without further ado, let's get to it. Thanks again to the sponsors, heartinternet.co.uk, illustrationweb.com uh, and the Association of Illustrators for their ongoing support too. Uh, get us your thoughts over. Enjoy the show with Kate Forrester. So I grew up uh, in Henley, which is west of London, okay. just a little town, not much exciting going on. They do lots of rowing. I've oh, yeah. never rowed in my life. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we lived there um, until I went to uni and then I was um, in Brighton for a few years for uni and yeah, and I, I went to uni there and then I left uni, didn't want to be an illustrator, did loads of other things, lived in different countries for a bit and then came back to Brighton. And what did you study? I studied illustration. Okay, I you, like, why, why did you not want to do it? I well, I thought I wanted to be an agent. I, I that's what I kind of decided because I loved it, but I I didn't. To be honest, I didn't think I was very good at it. In my first year at university, I had a really mean tutor who told me that I couldn't draw and I shouldn't try. Wow! <laughs> and um, and I totally <laughs> believed him. Isn't that mean? And I was like, oh, okay, shit. What am I doing here now? Um, and so I did loads of photography at uni. I did loads of photography and quite minimal drawing. And we had a really, like, a really fun, good course where we could do whatever we liked. There were people, like, making furniture and loads of animation. And, like, it wasn't very drawing-based, of course, okay. although there was the option to do that if that was your thing. And I just got really into taking photos. And so that, that was what most of my work was. Um... And then I left uni and I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I thought I might want to do a bit of illustration, but not as a, like, main job. And so I did, well, I went to Spain for a bit and taught English. And I lived there for a couple of years. And then I came back and I worked in Brighton, actually, again, for a, with an agent. Um, sort of just learning the ropes of being an agent for a few months. And that didn't really work out. And, and then I just started getting more and more work, to be honest. It happened really slowly. Yeah. And, um, and then, like, before I knew it, I was basically full-time Did that happen consciously, or was that through the agent in contacts? Or no, I mean, I didn't have an agent then. I, I, did, I did some work, like, as an agent, kind of um, learning the background of, of um, you know, working in an office, being, being an administration agent. Um, and I did, oh, wow, I did think that that was going to be what I, I wanted to do because I liked, I, I wanted it to be more sociable, basically. I wanted to work with other people yeah. and I wanted to work with artists, but I didn't really want to be one. Um, yeah, and so I, I, I really, what I really loved, actually, this is probably what, what led me into it, was what I really, really enjoyed was going to publishing houses and ad agencies and design agencies. I loved that. And I got such a kick out of taking my work around and I thought it would be a similar kick and a similar experience taking artists' work around and selling their stuff because I felt like I could be really enthusiastic about other people's work and I felt very British about my own work and very sort of, oh, you know, I just didn't... I, I wasn't the biggest fan of my own work, so I wasn't as good at selling it in. But I just loved going into these buzzy environments with all these people, um, working in these, like, really creative offices and... So that's kind of how I got into it. I just liked going to meet people. Yeah. And then, because I'd met them, 
they just give me work because I think yeah. they just like we had a nice chat and they went oh yeah remember that girl she came in the other day let's get her to yeah. do that and then one thing led to another and I was it's very interesting isn't it because it's, it's traditionally it's and maybe I'm generalising but I find that creatives tend to be quiet and ancient and that's the side of the, the, the job that they, they gives them the fright of their life you know talking to people and going in for meetings face to face a lot of people can be quite introverted about that so that's like is that, yeah. a, is that a natural thing have you been a bit of a people person all I, your life I actually would say not I would say that I do find that kind of thing quite intimidating and I do um, I'm not great I wouldn't say I'm great at that kind of thing but once I make myself do it I really enjoy it yeah. I really like it I get such a buzz out of it yeah. and it gives you so much confidence doesn't it it really does all you're doing is showing your best stuff yeah. to people who are generally not 100% of the time but mostly really really keen on it because they only see you if they like your work yes so they will you know just I don't know the whole experience is really uplifting did you find um did you find that the face-to-face experience kind of got you off to a head start? I, I know that I certainly did when I began in respect of the things that you can't read from an email, sort of body language, sense of humour, all those things when you sit together with a person, even if just for three minutes. Definitely. Yeah? Definitely. Well, I, I tried all the po- you know post-mail-outs and the email newsletters, and like nobody ever reads them. Nobody ever <laughs> looks at them. I am confident in that. <laughs> And I had one of those, you know, when you can you can look back and see how many times the emails bounced and how many people have opened it and how long they've spent on oh it, God, all the yeah. stats. Soul destroying information. It's so soul destroying. Like it was like two percent of emails were even open. <laughs> and it's taken me about a week to format this thing because yeah. I'm not very technical. Yeah. And um and that just never got me anywhere. Whereas every time I booked a meeting in London and schlepped over here and showed somebody my work, a job I would say hundred percent of the time some some kind of work would come from yeah yeah and so it just seemed like whenever I was quiet I would just do that and yeah yeah had you begun the the lettering style at this point no no and and yeah it's funny actually because I'm going to talk about that tonight but I when I was at uni at the beginning of what my career I didn't do any lettering at all no I did more like I did quite figurative stuff I was really into life drawing, so it sort of translated into being more kind of fashion-y style. Like, I don't think I really knew what I was doing. In fact, I'm sure I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, but I was just trying all sorts of things, and I got some got, I got some sort of editorial work and some book covers and, you know, bits and bobs. But um, it wasn't until I started doing the lettering that it all, you know, snowballed. Yeah. And lots came at once. Oh, OK. Yeah. So that was a real catalyst. Definitely, definitely, yeah. absolute game changer for me. So, so what were the, what were the origins of the lettering then? Did you um, did you was that a conscious decision or you were just asked to do it? Um, well, I think a lot of it. There were a couple of um, kind of breakthrough projects um, where I was asked to do lettering, kind of randomly. Um, but I think a lot of it is to do with working in publishing. And I found, like, just going back to what we were talking about with all the visit, you know, the visiting clients, I found publishing really approachable and really, just really accessible as a young illustrator. And I just really, I, I could see how my work would work in publishing. Yeah. And I could see how, because when I was at uni, I did actually do some book jacket designs with typography in them and things like that. Um, and I just thought it was something that 
would suit my work it was a format that would suit my work so I went to see lots of publishers and then I ended up pitching you know when you have to send a load of roughs and they say you know just see what you'll come up with for this when you don't get a very tight brief and whenever I you know pitched hand lettered stuff it went down really well that's really interesting just because I've been doing this nine years now and only in the last year have I got any book jacket work and I, it's only since the advent of, of the lettering that, that that's happened. So I wonder if there's, because people can understand it and it, it takes away some of the variables of the conceptual stuff when it, in terms of full illustration. Mm. Do you think that might be the case? Um, yeah, I just think, I think, because you've got to show with a book jacket quite a lot and also hide quite a lot, don't you? You don't want to show... Um, you don't want to tell too much of the story or even take away the things that people need to imagine in their own heads. You just need to hint at a theme or mm. a, an idea or a feeling. Yeah. And I just think a f- with a font, that's quite difficult, but with hand lettering, for certain genres of literature, like, you know, not everything suits that style, but I feel like I, I know how to convey that with using different styles of lettering much better. <laughs> Are you a reader yourself? Yes, yes. Actually, I, the reason I'm laughing at that is because I like to say that I'm a reader, but since I have my kids, I'm not as much of a reader as I would like to be. Yeah, it's kind of understandable. <laughs> I yeah. used to be a massive reader. I've just got a new hobby. Am I allowed to just go off on one completely? So my new hobby is that I read while I run. You read while you this run? This is like serious mummy <laughs> multitasking. It's okay. an extreme spot. <laughs> I don't know anyone else who does this. But it's like I'm getting such a kick out of it at the moment because I'm always complaining that I can never read and going running feels like a much more valid activity than just like sitting with a book. I can't say to my husband, you take the kids for an hour and a half, I'm going to sit here and read a book. But I can say I'm going for a run. So I now am a paid up, fully fledged member of Audible and I download all my books. Right, okay, that's, and I go there for go. really slow, really long runs and listen to books. While Rather I'm stupidly in my head then, I had you down as <laughs> actually holding a paperback book. Well, yeah, that's what you'd have And then, like nearly running in rivers and stuff, you know, oh, like missing no. a turn off or something. <laughs> That would definitely happen to me as well. So do you? So I guess is it a buzz for you then to, to work on the books? Um, yeah, absolutely. I love it. I really like it. I mean, I get a lot of commissions of the kind of books that I wouldn't necessarily want to read. Also, yeah, um, like loads of chiclet, yeah. loads of like women's fiction that I do, and I really enjoy the work, but I don't love the books. Yeah. Probably yeah. shouldn't say that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, none of the authors will be listening. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, That's fair enough. But. But, you know, I like them. I appreciate them on a level, definitely, but it's just not my genre. Yeah, yeah. It's just a cool medium to work on, isn't it? I think there's a reason why so many students kind of like to mock up book jackets, and I did it myself, you know, and it's just when you fall in love with a book, it's in a, it's in a deep way, so yeah. it's kind of, it's lovely to, to, to encapsulate that. And like you said, it's such just a, a window, isn't it? So it's... Definitely. Yeah, it's a great way to And there's it. something really, like... So... The stories aside, there's something so satisfying about designing a physical object that you then get in the post yeah. and it's, you know, you made that and it's forever. Whereas if you do an editorial in a newspaper something like that, it's gone. Yeah, you know, that's and it's it. just that was last Tomorrow's week or whatever. Paper, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. As much as you treasure it yourself as an illustrator, yeah, that's very true. So, cause one thing I noticed about your site when I when I arrived there was yeah. it, it just reads beautifully, like the 
despite the fact you've got quite a wide range of things going on in terms of the illustrative elements within your work and the, and the more hardcore lettering stuff, it's you've got a, a very instant, immediate, succinct style, which I thought was really impressive. Oh, did it take a long time for that to happen, or did you feel like you are you had a, a sort of a Kate Forrester essence going well, on? Like, well, like I said, I didn't at the beginning. Obviously, I don't know if anyone does. Well, some people do. Some people get it earlier than I did, and then you see their early uni work and stuff, and you can see it already there but I definitely didn't have that but I feel like since I've been yeah since I started doing the lettering it's all fallen into place in that way and I I definitely wasn't very good at it to start with and I've polished it up a bit but um, I've never really consciously made a style for myself I've always just started and seen what's happened yeah yeah but I think that's how all natural styles begin, don't they? Because it's, so. it's just very hard to do it and trust it because it's, you know, we all compare ourselves to whatever's out there, so it's hard to kind of truly block that out and, and do you, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, I think that the, the reason why it hasn't been terribly hard in that respect is that I've had such a, like, consistent amount of work over quite a lot of years. Yeah. Because I, what I struggle with, and I still struggle with it so much now, is personal work. And I think that's the opposite of a lot of people because I think if you're a... Like, I always think as an illustrator, I'm much more of a designer because I love a brief and I love a deadline. Yeah. And I and I think some illustrators are more artists because they have so many ideas in their heads and, so, and, and actually they find briefs really constrictive and really difficult mm. because they would rather be doing their own stuff and then they just have to fit that in around the stuff they need to do to pay their bills. Yeah. Um, so I think that maybe there's two distinct types of illustrators because it sort of bridges the gap, doesn't it? Yeah, you, you've, you get a really good point there. I, I really do think that an illustrator is an amalgamation of a lot of things and everyone's quite different in, mm. in, their, in their backgrounds and where they've come from because I think very few people get to like 16 and go, I want to be an illustrator. Um, yeah. Because it's hard to know what that is, like you say, because you, you often I knew what it was. entry points tend to be art and graphic design, don't they? So you arrive at this in this weird mix, and different people have different balances of that. So that's a really interesting point, yeah. And I think that's plain to see, actually, because you know you have got such a good design sensibility about your work in all areas. So it is, that is evident. That's interesting, yeah. But I'm going to talk like I'm going to talk later about um, like my my real kind of. In, not insecurity that sounds terrible but like like I, I, my lack of understanding of the of the sort of technical intricacies of graphic design like I wish I could do graphic design me too and I can't <laughs> <laughs> like if you ask me to do like a, a minimalist logo for you know a trendy sports brand that would be my idea of absolute hell <laughs> <laughs> I'm a maximalist. Yeah. If there is such a thing. I'm the same. Like, do you do you find the same comfort that I find with lettering, where because it's created by hand, it's it's as much a part of the illustration as it is the design. Absolutely. Therefore, you can you can have trust in what you're doing with yeah. it. Yeah, they can lean on each other. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Because I'm in the same boat. I, if you sat me down and, and, and just even asked me to do one word of typography, I would freak out and think, "Oh my god, I don't understand kerning. I don't know no. any yeah. of that stuff." <laughs> you know, that has to be left to a designer. Whereas the lettering does give us comfort, I suppose. Yeah, you know? and it's not meant to be perfect. Like no. it's not meant to look slick and polished and yeah. you know vectorized. It's meant to be a bit rough and ready, yeah. and that's part of its charm. And 
it's also the only way I know how to do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there. <laughs> so what I was drawn to, I really liked your um, Portland, uh, Oregon Shakespeare Festival posters. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, that was interesting to see that you work was, with photography. Yeah. How did you find that? And a font. There was a font in that. Was it? Was that yeah. a, it did look like a font. I was wondering if it was just a very carefully so drawn. Done, no, it was a font. And I've done a few bits like that. Um, I don't think. I don't even think that was what I was commissioned to do in that way. I think they just said they had the photo, and they said this is the you know this is the image we want to use. We want some let- lettering. They didn't specify any kind of lettering. Um, for this poster and it was going to be quite massive and they wanted something really striking and um, sort of quite bold and they wanted the lettering to sort of show hints at the story and the whole river feeling Um, and they just let me do what I wanted and yeah that's what I came up with I don't (laughs) I don't really know any other way to say it but I really loved and I would love to do more of the combination between photography and lettering. Yeah. Like, that is something... You do loads of that, don't you? That's been, that's, the, that's been the... That was how I got into it, and that's been my big thing, yeah, yeah. That, uh, with lettering. I've, I've not done very much of just lettering on its own. Oh, oh, really, yeah. Yeah, it's been... The vast majority has been juxtaposed with So you take the photos, and Sometimes, somebody but, else but takes them. I'm quite blessed with a, a lot of friends who are good photographers... Really? Uh, ...who have, you know, good access to good images, which I'll talk about later on. But, yeah, they're... they're that's been the good thing for me. My entry point was someone asking me to do it over photography, so I, I fell in love with that as much as the lettering itself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that combination, and I, yeah, I like how I really enjoyed in, the, in this one that you were talking about the Oregon theatre posters. How you know some of it overlapped the images. Yeah. In like the the, the lettering went under behind the figure in the photograph and things like that, and I just really I got such satisfaction from doing that so I'd love to do more of that yeah but I don't really do any photography myself anymore I'm just not I'm not good enough no. so I need yeah I need to find I think it's healthy to understand you know that, that we can't do everything it's too much pressure I think it's it's good to, I mean I love working with a good graphic designer or a good photographer and I'm yeah. happy to let that be you know I think yeah. as long as you understand how your work works in that world yeah. it's not such a bad thing to not be sure. great at everything you yeah know? I'd rather collaborate as well yeah nicer to work with somebody who has different skills to you yeah i've seen some stunning large-scale works murals do you do a lot of that work i have done yeah i've done it well not a lot no i've started doing a little bit and i've done a mural um i've done a couple of murals but i did one not so long ago um in a design agency near me in, in brighton um and that was really i've got some pictures to show tonight because it was really um you know it was all hand lettering and I love doing that it was brilliant because I, I think I don't know if you're the same but I spend so much time hunched over my desk drawing and scanning <laughs> and all of that yeah. to actually stand up stand on a ladder and paint just felt it's really it's lovely cool. isn't it yeah. yeah liberating yeah really really good I love doing it I love. I just loved the painting process I'd already designed it so it wasn't as if I was doing it you know on the hoof but just painting yeah painting's awesome I never do painting yeah um and then, but the other um, murally stuff that I've done, there's one that we're doing at the moment actually, um, hasn't been, I haven't actually painted it, I've designed it, and then it's been painted, or yeah. otherwise I did the hachette thing with all the lettering on the walls of yes, the really building, and that was actually, I did. I designed all the lettering, um, hand wrote it, and then 
it was cut from vinyl and applied to these glass oh, wow. walls. That's gorgeous. So actually that was really cool because I couldn't have painted it. It wouldn't have of been course. physically You have possible. the whole challenge of permanent, of media. It's, yeah, it's a minefield, that was, it? And it was just too massive. I couldn't have got that done. It would have taken me several years to complete. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, Feel free not to answer this question. It's more, a little more personal. But, um, how do you, and not in numbers, but how do you go about pricing your work? Because it's something I'm still getting my head around because I'm quite new to the lettering game. I find that I'm dealing with people's perception of it as being something that's easier than my illustration. Oh, really? Yeah, therefore, I, I, there's a lot of me kind of going, no, 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 you have to understand the nuances of this, and it's a hard-learned thing. This isn't easy, you know? It's certainly not as easy as you ma- I make it look. Yeah, know? well, I think... I, I mean, I definitely find pricing work very daunting, and I'm not very... Uh, because I have an agent, and I, I do admit that I heavily rely on them for that, and they and they want to do that and that's what they're good at and um and i find it quite good to keep that separate um as in to have a nice chummy relationship with my client that doesn't involve demanding more money or you know dissing the budget for something um but i don't find that it's worse paid than illustration at all and i do but a lot but 99 percent of my work is both yeah. which is where we're different yeah. like in that respect because I don't often just do lettering I, I nearly always do right so it together. is the package that, yeah. and therefore I think I suppose in publishing it's maybe a bit better because I, I'm basically designing the whole cover you take on the jobs yeah. yeah so they don't need to you know if there's a small publishing house and they're outsourcing the whole cover that's I'm a one stop shop for that yeah um, whereas ordinarily they'd need to have a designer and then designer would commission the illustration yes so yeah like sort of it's a great advantage isn't it I've found this happening more and more I've been given entire poster jobs or entire record covers like I do semi-regular work for EMI and I do the production albums so they'll do like a collection of Brazilian tracks that they then send out and then those tracks are licensed to film or for theatre or whatever it is uh, so it's, it's quite a generic thing it's like right we've got a, an African one so let's theme it let's get the colours going on but they just hand the job to me and go make the type of hero but use your illustration as well give us your ideas and it's great I love that I love taking on a full package job and I find this is one great thing about having the letter and the illustration yeah well it stops that really disappointing thing where they do something horrible with your work oh god (laughs) that's so true I remember I did when I first started out in fact this might have been one of my first jobs ever and all of my buddies from um, uni we all realised that um you know, there were a few publications that would take a chance on new illustrators and, and give you work, even if you hadn't got anything in your portfolio yeah. or much. And so we all wanted to work for Dazed and Confused magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they yeah, had yeah. that mixtape at the back, the mixtape section, and they would let basically anyone do it. And I don't even think they paid. I think it was a free job. <laughs> um, um, and they asked me to do so. I can't remember what I did, but it was like a, it was a figurative illustration that I did for that. And it was pretty bad, but I was, you know, I'm sure it was fine at the time. And and I was so excited to go and get the magazine when it was printed. And I opened it up and they just slapped this like psychedelic colour wash what? over my entire oh, illustration. Because it was something about the 70s or something like that. And I was just, oh, it was, I was horrified. I was so embarrassed because it had my name on it. And I just really wished that they had just not even credited oh, me for that. Oh, God. So that kind of thing happens less if you have more creative yeah, control over the... Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. 
So you, you mentioned about it being quite organic in terms of getting work and having an agent. Do you do you actively market much, or are you in a nice position where uh, you've built sort of a network and it happens? And... I don't actively market much actually. I should do more because I think it's really good to do whatever. Um, I don't really go and see many clients now. If anyone invites me to go and see them, I will always go. Yeah. But I don't really sort of tout my work out anymore. But that's just because, you know, my agents, that's what they do and they're really good at it and I, I haven't needed to, which is a really privileged position to yeah. be in. It's wonderful, isn't it? But then at the same time, you know, you've worked hard and created something attractive to an agent, therefore you're getting yeah. the rewards, you know? But if I had a dry spell, I would be up for it. Yeah. Definitely, oh, yeah. God, yeah. I kind of miss it, actually. I miss it. There is, it is actually, and I do still put myself out there for it, not as much, because I've been, same thing, I've been in a nice position where I'm too, often too busy now to market, but... It's harder. People have less. I, I find that art directors are taking on a lot, you know, roles now that are encompassing way too much work, and they don't have the same time that they used to. to see you. Some anyway, at least. Yeah, it's because like, it was quite hard the first time round. It was quite hard to get. I always found I had to send an email, and then I probably had to send a follow-up email yeah. saying I was going to call them, and then I'd call them up. No one actually like emails you back, do no, they? No. Then you call them up and say, "Hi, have you seen my email? Yeah. Can I come and see you?" Yeah. And then you might get an appointment. <laughs> And half the time they got cancelled and rearranged and whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not so necessary now because of all the social media promotion. That, you know, and like it's so easy for people to be discovered because yeah. everybody's works online. And even yeah. if you don't ha- even have a website, you can have an amazing Instagram page or yeah. whatever. And I wonder whether that's where people have discovered more than... You know, Quite for possibly. better or for worse, that that might be how it works now. Maybe I think it's, I, I think it's something to see. Something to be said, there are people who are picking up stuff through those channels now, so it is yeah. getting quite interesting, yeah. Have you done anything with Moving Image? Have you had your work animated? No, I'd love to do that. I haven't, actually. I'd love I've to see done, it. I'd love to see it, I think it looked gorgeous animated. Yeah, I think lettering is, is kind of begging to be animated, yeah. isn't it? But no, I haven't, unfortunately. That's something I need yeah. to do in my life. Hopefully. I'll put it on my bucket list. Hopefully we'll get to see it. <laughs> yeah. What is on your bucket list? Have you got anything stand out? Well, do you know what's really funny? That last year, I was—I think I was t- chatting to my agents about what I wanted to do, and I said to them, "I really want to do some large-scale stuff, and I re- like—and I really want to do some either murals or you know something because I was doing all these little book jackets and little design projects. Mm. And literally, since we had that conversation, I've had like three or four large-scale commissions. There you go. So maybe I just need to talk about it yeah. and I might get some. I, I had a guest on the show called Kingsley, a lovely guy, and um, he he summed it up perfectly. And I, I've always felt like that. I've always felt that if you voice it and you act on it and you truly want it, doors open if you're, if you're open to seeing the opportunities, you know? Mm. Um, and he put it perfectly into it. He just simply said, thoughts become things. It's true. You know, it's, it's almost like you create the idea and you work Just towards will it. Just it to happen. Yeah, and these things can happen. I do find there, there are chains to the, you know, there are links to these things. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, uh, it's a very mindful way of looking at it, but I certainly think that, you know, it, it, it happens, I think. If yeah. You, if you put it out there that that's what you want, I think sometimes you, it can happen. You know? And maybe the work that you put out there is the work, I mean, the work that I put on my online is the work that I love and that I'm most pleased with, and that might kind of, you know, show where I'm going without me even acknowledging it. Mm. I think you know. So, so people have said to me, "Oh, we've seen this, and we thought you'd be really good at this." And I, I've never even thought about that before. Yeah. But 
you know it's just other people make more interesting links yeah if you love it that resonates from, without a doubt like, I think mm. the love of something comes across I really do think that like yeah yeah but, I, but it always comes through it's always commercial work that it comes through for me yeah. like because I don't go right I really want to do um, I don't know I really want to design some fabric or something I'm just going to design some and you know then maybe I'll end up doing it commercially or whatever I just don't do it doesn't hasn't happened like that for me no no I just I think like I suppose it is that whole thing that I'm not I'm not really into my own personal work Mm. I don't do stuff to sell I don't make posters and yeah yeah. I just I don't I don't know I just like I like the collaboration that's it's really important to me I do you know if 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 ever if someone says right here's a fat budget to go and work the whole year on just your stuff I think quite quickly I would miss the parameters because I do like the challenge I would be miserable <laughs> I mean I do love my own projects but if it, I, I'm, I'm a person who needs a lot of variation and new challenges it's as simple as I like I like to bounce from one thing the minute I'm, I'm on site for three days get me in my studio the minute I'm in the studio for three days get me out with people again you know I'm like I need the next thing it's yeah. like uh, I always like the variation yeah and that's the joy of the work that we do is that there's lots Completely, of variation yeah. Yeah. and you can you can steer it to an yeah. extent it's very true so what's coming up anything exciting on the horizon um well I'm just we're ju- I'm just um sort of in the middle of a really exciting project which is a local project um in Brighton in the marina and I'm I've designed I've designed it but we haven't actually got it on yet um and it will be painted probably not by me I don't know um I've designed this large scale um identity with an illustration as well um which is going on the roof of a barge oh wow that's awesome (laughs) pretty random um so it's a it's this old lumber barge that was brought down from Hull and for a while it was a Chinese pagoda a really twee Chinese restaurant in Brighton <laughs> Marina that they souped it up and made it into a pagoda with like a roof and all these like twiddly dragons on it and stuff and then it was closed down last year I think it was closed down rather than it closed down so I don't think it was a hugely high quality Chinese restaurant um, and um, a local charity have taken it over and they are they've completely renovated it inside it looks amazing and but kept lots of the old features and it's going to be an arts and community center so they're going to put on theater productions and have stuff for kids and oh, it's basically going to awesome. yeah but because um, the barge itself is it sits in the water in front of the boardwalk of Brighton Marina where there's loads of bars and restaurants and all of this but it's lower down so you, all you can see is this enormous black roof they took off the Natty Pagoda yeah. and it's flat and it's about 30 metres wide and so they, they got me to design the roof which people wow. will be able to look down that's on. brilliant so, you can't send a picture of that yeah right? so it should media. be up it should be up next month we're, at the moment we're like okay we've got the design we've got an enormous roof how are we going to get it on there <laughs> tremendous um, so it might involve a bit of painting on my part um, but we'll see um, but that was a really fun one and again you know that's led to lots of things because I've met lots of you know people who work in that area and you know it's been a bit of a collaboration yeah. so I've already got a bit more work um, lo- local work actually in Brighton which has been really nice um, what else am I doing lots of books always lots of books yeah um, I don't 
know, that's it really. Yeah, the talk tonight. Yeah, and the talk <laughs> tonight, which has been, I've put, oh yeah, I've just uh, put everything <laughs> off. I've got so much stuff to sort out next week, so I'm like, I'll sort it out when I've done the talk. That's the hardest thing I'm working on. Brilliant. Cool. Well, the last bit, and if you've listened to the show, you might know about it, but I ask my guests for the for a, a love and a hate or a positive and a negative uh, very loosely within the creative world it's a wide open question oh gosh I should have done my research shouldn't I it's fine and I can cut out any negative <laughs> Ben <laughs> well I suppose personally for me I guess like a negative is definitely working on your own I think I don't know if this is you know the right thing to say but like you know as an illustrator you don't really have uh, much of an opportunity to be part of a team and um and I share a studio space with a little there's a PR events company in my studio and they're such awesome people and they have such a laugh at work and their projects are so full-on and collaborative and I'm quite jealous of them actually because I think wow you know I do this stuff like for a tiny percentage of my time but mostly it's just me answering emails and drawing yeah and that's quite tough yeah I agree this is one of the great things about doing this and and I've had to engineer ways out of my studio for the same reason as what you just said yeah for your mental health yeah (laughs) and just as a people person it's one of the reasons I got into it and one of the things I loved about college and I just love that excitement of getting together with a group of people and throwing ideas around them and it you miss that as a, as a, as a freelancer yeah, sometimes, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And as soon as you are, you know, I do try and ask people's opinion and, you know, get, get some feedback from anybody who will listen. But, you know, you have to be quite a good sort of critic of your own work because yeah. actually, essentially, you're the one judging whether it's good or bad before it goes to the client. Yeah, totally true. So that's my negative. <laughs> and then my positive. God, there's just so much positive. I don't think I can even narrow it down to one thing I just I don't know I I just think like endless possibility I guess that's very vague but no that's a great answer I, I, I think that's a good answer I just feel like you know I could talk for hours about what I might do yeah, yeah. <laughs> next week or next year isn't it wonderful just you know waking up and knowing that there could be the next exciting thing in the inbox or that you, you do have a job that allows always surprise it never gets boring it really never does I, I like I get such a kick out of being commissioned work and from every client no matter how little or large saying we really like what you do can you do yeah. something for us like that's the best thing in the world it's awesome isn't it well that's a great note to end it on okay well <laughs> and, thank uh, you thank you so much for your time Kate my pleasure Thanks to Kate for taking the time to come down early to a talk for Yoilo a little early to meet me and talk outside the coffee shop there. Apologies again for the background noise, but I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did because Kate's awesome and I love her stuff. Can't wait to see what's going on with her new projects coming up. Go and check it all out on the website, of course. Get her followed on social media and the lot. Um, get us your thoughts. What do you think about Olivia Kugel coming up for the 100th episode? Are you a fan? Are you into his work? Have you seen his refugee camp work? If not, please take a look it's absolutely incredible uh his new book coming out escaping waves and walls is pretty special um and it's going to be published in the uk as i've found out recently so keep your eyes peeled for that do get down to his exhibition at rich mix it opens on the 6th of december in shoreditch it's pretty amazing if i can get down myself i'm certainly going to be there 
do go and have a look. It's on for a few weeks and it's absolutely mind-bending and you'll see why he won a World Illustration Awards through the Association of Illustrators in 2015, I think it was. Um, he's going to be telling us all about that stuff. His journey is pretty spectacular too. So we've got a two-part special coming up on the 19th of December and the 2nd of January. Two-part are spread over Christmas, so you've got a little Christmas present and something to warm you up for the new year. Hope you're into it. Hope you've got big plans coming up. Get us your thoughts and your feedback on Kate Forrest's episode today uh, at Arrest on the Mix on Twitter and on the Instagram. Uh, get any suggestions over. If you think you should be on the show, let me know. Many people have got in touch and ended up being on the show not too long afterwards. Let us know who else you'd like to hear from if you're not willing to put yourself forward. Uh, I'm always willing to take suggestions. Audience participation is a big part of this show, so please do go get involved on the social. Um, I'm going to be marketing the show moving moving soon. I'm going to be working with someone uh, to promote it and try and get it out there to even more people, so do help me out and share the love. Uh, and thanks again for listening, guys. Cheers to the sponsors, heartinternet.co.uk, illustrationweb.com. Uh, get us your feedback at Rest on the Mix over. Drop us a little review on the iTunes and Apple Podcasts if you get a moment because it's a massive help. And look forward to hearing from you guys coming up very soon. Uh, we've got Graham Wood of Tomato coming up. We've got... Oh, I've gone blank. We've got Leona Beth coming up too. Uh, wonderful sort of natural history style illustration and fashion work and all sorts of other good stuff. So it's all going on. Looking at doing a video podcast and all so soon, but that's enough of me rambling for one day. So have a great week. Cheers again for checking in. Take care, guys. Nice one. <laughs>